Welcome to Meme Free Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. Did you guys like our Barbie chat? Because if you liked the Barbie chat on Main from our last episode, we do have more Barbie content on our Patreon. And we do have a new Patreon member to give a shout out to. So Alana, you clearly liked our Barbie chat. I wanted to get unhinged Barbie content as well as other content that we've been putting out as bonus episodes, which you can also get by joining us at patreon.com slash name three songs. And again, like we say every time when we plug Patreon on the podcast, you can pay anything from one to $10 a month to get bonus episodes from us. Everything from us figuring out that the Taylor Swift fan union is satire to us having a meltdown about the Barbie movie. And all of that, like I said, is available at patreon.com slash name three songs. So what are we getting into today, Sarah? Today, the main topic of conversation is the Lizzo lawsuit because everybody's talking about it. It's been a week's worth of a news cycle. It's a pretty big deal in the conversation of like, what does it mean when your favorite artist is maybe not who you think they are? And I think just based off of past conversations we've had here on Name Three Songs, from the discussion of like your favorite pop star never asked to be your role model to like toxic fandom culture to like is cancel culture real all of these conversations we've had before kind of go into this Lizzo discussion and what the difference is between like the response from very not even very just like online pop culture fans to like what the general public is probably thinking about this Lizzo situation and if they even know about it. Yeah, so we're going to be breaking down what exactly is going on with the lawsuit, what the dancers have to say, what Lizzo has to say, what TMZ has to say, how this kind of all reflects on Lizzo's reputation, on the music industry as a whole, and then again, breaking down our thoughts and feelings on cancel culture, the art versus the artist, all of that. As always, timestamps will be on our stories and Instagram highlights. And before we get into the big discussion, it's our favorite time of the week. It is time for some fangirl nonsense. And to kick it off, we have something that both Sarah and I have been (laughs) chuckling about all week. Guys, Gwyneth Paltrow's guest house at her Montecito home... I don't even know if it's the guest house. Like, it says the entire guest house, but the listing on Airbnb says, my Montecito home is my sanctuary. But I think it's just, like, the extra house on the property of her Montecito home. Yes, that's what a guest house is. But, like, I can just imagine Gwyneth Paltrow referring to, like, a small house with maybe five bedrooms as just a guest house. Like, I could see her being like, oh, yes, I'm going to my guest house in Montecito. And it's like, Gwyneth, that's just called a a starter home. Uh, It's just called a house. (laughs) It's just a house. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's on her property. They're putting it up for an Airbnb situation and it's not a hundred percent clear if like this is a sweepstakes like someone's gonna win this because right now the listing is for zero dollars a night but if you go and look at this listing about Gwyneth Paltrow's home where the space is used to empower your mind with guided transcendental meditation session which is something she's going you're gonna get to do if you win if you get this you'll also get to indulge in a relaxing spa day featuring Gwyneth's favorite goob beauty essentials and you can fuel your body with nourishing goop kitchen inspired meal and you get to take home techniques uh, and an abundance of goop products after staying there 
But the specific thing that is confusing me is that it says booking for my guest house opens at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday, August 15th for a one night stay for up to two guests, specifically on Saturday, September 9th. So this is a one night situation. <laughs> and so I'm just imagining like, what are they called? What? Like goop heads? Like the, the freaks of goop, like the lovers of goop, like sitting on Airbnb, refreshing frantically. I don't think Airbnb's website is built for this. Like this is Hunger Games. This is Ticketmaster. This is people acquiring Beyonce tickets. They could not. It's going to crash the Airbnb website. Does Gwyneth have fans like that? <laughs> like I'm just... She must. I'm sure she must. But I'm like in my mind, I'm imagining like two specific 50-year-old blonde ladies fighting it out on the refresh button. <laughs> it's like... No, I swear that. The Airbnb website is going to crash. They are not going to be... But, like, why would you be like, come to my home? But also only for one night. But also you have to, like, refresh on Airbnb to try and get it. Yeah. Like, that's, but, that's what I don't understand. The logistics, make, the logistics make zero sense. However, the whole, like, video of her talking about the house and the fucking caption on the post is fucking hilarious. And I'm like... Like, it's like, come into my home. We can share a meal together. And I'm like, what is this? The menu? Oh, my God. I mean, it might be because of the, like, 20 things that this place has to offer, along with a kitchen and Wi-Fi and free parking on the premises, there's also security cameras on the property because there are 24-7 security cameras for safety purposes, and there will be 24-hour security on site during your stay. Yeah, I'm like, hello, also danger. Okay, like, number one, I don't think, like, I was thinking about this opportunity. I was like, I don't think this should ever be allowed. Like, I don't I don't ever want to be invited to a celebrity's home. <laughs> I also don't think celebrities should invite people to their homes because, hello, stalkers. Yeah. Like, but it was just, like, the weird, like, dichotomy of, like, the menu thing being, like, like, why would I do this? Why, why would I do this? I literally would never do this. So the caption of like the video post, I think is so funny. It reads, loneliness is a human condition, but in the past few years, increased isolation and our lack of community has made our lives even more fragmented. Airbnb had the brilliant idea of doing something to make the world a little less lonely, which is why I'm inviting you to come stay in my Montecito guest house for a night. No offense, but I don't think staying in Gwyneth Paltrow's Montecito guest house for a night is going to cure loneliness for literally anyone i know and literally it's also anyone. one night <laughs> nor is it making community i know but it's just like <laughs> i'm sorry when has a one night stay anywhere ever been relaxing like it's never <laughs> like it's never relaxing the check-in time is 4 p.m the checkout is 10 a.m she's like get your ass off my property <laughs> like spend less than 24 hours maybe a full 24 hours like when it's home and then have to drive back home on sunday like where is the relaxing happening is what i want to know <laughs> In other news, I finally have a fangirl presentation that Sarah is reacting to for the first time because today I am talking about New Jeans, which is a K-pop girl group under the HYBE umbrella. They debuted a year ago in July and literally just past the one year mark, they played at Lollapalooza this past weekend and the size of the crowd was insane. I think they just played like midday, but they played on the biggest stage and the like the aerial footage is wild. Like I remember seeing Charlie XCX last year, like in approximately the same scenario where like the crowd just goes on and on and on yeah. and on and on. And like so many people were just there to like have a good time and see Charlie. It's like, 
it draws in those people who are like, oh, like, I know that one song and there's nothing else going on right now. So, like, let's go see. But, like, the fact that this K-pop girl group, one year into their career, is playing Lollapalooza with a crowd this size is literally, like, unfathomable. Like, we have not seen this type of, like, support for a girl group so quickly in their career since Blackpink. And watching, like, the drone footage of their Lala set, the thing that I automatically clocked is how far back the light sticks went. Because I was yeah. kind of expecting like, oh, like they're, it's the same stage as Billy. Like it's this, whatever. Like it's the same stage as a bunch of like bigger artists are going to be playing. And this is kind of like a little bit past midday is what it looks like. So people are probably already scouting out spots. So I'm like, of course there's going to be a bunch of people there. But the fact that like the light sticks go back so far means that people spent like, oh, like, you don't, you're not just buying a light stick to yeah. buy a light stick. Yeah. Especially yeah. not for Those like are a two or three p- like sixty dollars. Yeah, not for like a two or three p.m. performance <laughs> of like some K-pop group you don't know. You know, because the light stick's not even. There's no point to it. Yeah, gonna yeah. light up. <laughs> like a random person's <laughs> not gonna buy it. So the fact that they do go that far back just like shows how many people are specifically there for them, which I thought was really cool to see. Also, the crowd was just very, very loud singing along to their songs. And if you guys like have no idea what I'm talking about, you've honestly probably heard a New Jeans song by accident because they're everywhere. Like New Jeans is charting on Billboard Hot 100, like which like TXT hasn't even done. Also, they just, with their recent album they just put out, it debuted at number one on Billboard 200, which again, Blackpink is the only other girl group has done that. Tomorrow by Together took them four years to debut number one. I'm not trying to compare groups. I'm just like giving reference of like how hard yeah. it is for a K-pop group to like debut at number one. Multiple artists within K-pop, it, to- it has taken them like four or five years into their career to get a number one. New Jeans got it within one year of being a girl group just to show their massive popularity. But their songs are all over TikTok, all over Spotify, and they have multiple songs that have like popped off. So a year ago, they debuted with Attention, which like honestly was a huge favorite of mine. Then Hype Boy really blew up. And then in January for their comeback, OMG blew up, which is a song that's like, oh my, oh my God. I think a lot of people know that one. And then currently they're having a comeback and it has multiple songs that are going off. Super Shy is one of them that I love. Like I just think the choreography that they're doing and the approach that they're doing to being a girl group is so unique because like with within k-pop no one is doing this like within k-pop there's more or less like a mold for like what kind of falls into a k-pop sound and they're very much breaking that but also like within music in general like the only artist that i could like relate to them kind of is pink panthers mm. of doing that kind of like bedroom house like i don't even know like the right words to describe it but we haven't really seen like a girl group doing this and just their visuals are so different from like what's happening in k-pop and with girl groups mm. it's just like very refreshing to see i like that they're not like shying away from the fact that they're teens because like the videos were very much giving teen and not in like a cutesy gross kind of way but just like in a way that felt reminiscent to me of like the girl group play from like when i was a kid who were like i think probably like 16 to 19 which i think is what you said is like the same age range of new jeans and so they're not being like overtly sexy they're being just kind of like girls in their music videos, yeah. which is... They're being teeny boppers. Yeah, which is fun. And, like, I feel like the colors and the vibes and everything going on, I was just like, oh, like, this is this is really cool. And I think, in a way, makes it, like, more accessible to everyone. Just, like, being aware straight away if you go look at their stuff. Like, like these are teens. Just, like, be in a girl group. Yeah. And I feel like it's reminiscent of kind of, like, the tried and failed, like, girl group 
era <laughs> like of your your, yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. yeah no i get the same vibe of just like there's no i i can't even say i can't even put it into words they're just doing something that's so different than what's been done in k-pop and i think it's obvious how much it's resonating with audiences outside of k-pop yeah. i think there's people who are attracted to music who wouldn't normally be attracted to k-pop and i think like this lala set is proof like the fact that they got their number one on the billboard 200 is proof that like they are seeing exponential growth right now of like what they're doing is connecting with a lot of audiences and i don't know i just find it very fascinating no, it is. It is. And I, I think it's, ex- I mean, it's exciting. It's nice seeing how much the Western market is like accepting artists where like they might not really get where they're coming from in the same way, if you know what I mean. Because I think even like just like K-pop over the past like two years even seems to be like more widely accepted by the general public. And also even just like in comparison to like the general public like acceptance of like Modiskin who are coming back to play Madison Square Garden this year. So like these foreign artists who sing sometimes in English, but primarily in their mother tongue and like the Western acceptance of it is really cool to see. I also feel like in that regard, what you said a minute ago of, I think new jeans feels like the girl groups of the two thousands. Yeah. Like there's an energy that's very similar to what was happening in the two thousands. And I think that is what is resonating with like a lot of people. And like, I can only begin to guess like where new jeans is going to go from here yeah no and i think also just like the whole like y2k nostalgia is going to definitely give them a major boost just in the fact that they are so kind of like colorful cutesy like y2k like their videos were just very much giving the era of like when music videos mattered if like that's like the best way to put it yeah so for their recent album one of their songwriters erica decassier was interviewed and she said that like when she was interviewing to songwrite for new jeans the label asked her if she had listened to k-pop before and she said i got so nervous i had to be honest and say no i haven't explored that genre and they were like good because we want something new we want something fresh and i think that's so apparent of like so much k-pop music it's not that it's derivative of itself Mm -hmm. it's that it's influenced by k-pop like k-pop is influenced by by k-pop and so like songwriters who've been songwriting in that genre are writing songs in that genre and not in k-pop being like an industry but there there are certain sounds and textures that like are very popular within k-pop and this i think really i think the label understanding that it needed an outside perspective in order to take it to the next level is very interesting i think it'll be cool to like see just how far they go from here especially because their music does feel very similar to like other stuff that's been popping off especially like your comparison to pink panthers i think is very spot on and that they're both kind of like a new version of like y2k pop but like making it current yeah i completely agree it is very interesting like to see what's happening in k-pop with girl groups right now specifically with girl groups that came out like within the last year year and a half of like new jeans and then one of my favorite groups is xg which they're actually mostly a japanese group but they sing all in english and they promote in korea and they're very much trying to be like a global girl group and sarah like i don't know if you remember but we watched some of their music videos when we were at laura's house yeah yeah, yeah. and it was like that very like very like they have this music video that's like very y2k like in that like what y2k thought was futuristic there was at like the a time. lot of them right yeah there's there was seven yeah, of okay. them i like xg even more than i like new jeans 
scenes mm-hmm. because I think their music is so it brings in so many different again like genres textures into the music and they're doing it in a way that like no one else is doing it mm-hmm. and with like a lot of style like their art direction is like really 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 great and it's one of those things that just makes you like think and you're like no way like I can't believe they're doing this and so girl groups and k-pop right now are very exciting but new jeans right now so far is the one that's had like the most like u.s success thus far i'm excited to see what happens next so with all of the bright and breezy and beautiful things out of the way we do have to talk about the lizzo situation because i feel like that's all everybody's been talking about lately this has been news that's been reported on over the past week about how there are three former dancers from Lizzo's tour party who are suing Lizzo because of the way that they were treated on tour. And so this isn't new. Touring party employees of musicians have throughout time sued the artists that they've toured with due to shit experiences on the road. I think that this is a more widely discussed situation because of like who Lizzo is perceived to be by the public yeah, and like the image in which she puts out into the world to like her fans of being supportive and kind and you know the body positivity thing and like there's definitely layers to it and I think that unfortunately for Lizzo there's a lot of expectations from fans and from journalists and like the general public and whatnot about like who she needs to be for us to support her as a plus-size black woman and so the fact that these former dancers are suing her by saying that Lizzo pressured dancers into unwanted sexual situations made statements that were perceived as thinly veiled comments about dancers weight gain and put people through grueling rehearsals that led to one dancer soiling herself there are also some claims about the dance captain about her forcing religion on them and like a couple of other situations about being forced to like go out and party and go to strip clubs and stuff like that. Which again, I'm not negating that these things are horrible, but this very much feels like it's the music industry. This is always what it has been and always what it will be. I think the interesting thing is that so this came out a few days went by of just everyone on twitter and the media talking about this because a lot of it goes against like lizzo's image of like being body positive and like wanting to support and promote other like black plus size women and plus size women in general she had her like audition show lizzo's watch out for the big girls which i did watch season one apparently there's a season two which i have not seen about so like you got to see like a lot of the kind of like obviously it was on camera like banter and whatnot between them i just remember that there's one part of her series where one of the challenges was that the dancers had to do a semi-nude photo shoot which they were like not wearing any clothes and they could pose either like fully nude or like have kind of like something draped over them that was part of the challenge and there was this one contestant who and i can't remember her name right now but she really wanted to go be a teacher in South Korea like she wanted Mm -hmm. to go teach English in South Korea and she was like super 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 conflicted about this because she was like if I do this photo shoot I will never be allowed to teach English in South Korea because it's so restrictive there and it's kind of one of those things of like are my future employers going to see 
this and not give me a job because I did like a semi-nude photo shoot. And it was like this huge like emotional like thing on this one episode. And again, it's like, was that dancer forced into it? No. Would that dancer be let go if she didn't do it? Probably. So... I mean, it's kind of like an ultimatum of being stuck in between a rock and a hard place. But I just think it like that particular like scene came to my head when all of this was coming out. And then like a few days go by and then Lizzo like gives her response, which is like, this is outrageous. I don't know what's going on. And I'll read from like Lizzo's statement in a minute here. But the interesting thing was the TMZ interview with two of the dancers and their lawyer were on camera. And the way that TMZ was asking questions and the way that the dancers were answering the questions was just like, like, nothing was ever explicitly stated. We just felt pressured. And Sarah and I were talking about this, but that can actually be used, like, for Lizzo's benefit against those dancers yeah. of, like, saying that there was no real, there's no real evidence that, like, any of this happened. And who knows? Like, there might be. There might be text messages. There might actually be, like, on-camera yeah. stuff. But the fact of the matter is that TMZ interview might have kind of screwed them over a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, like... I was shocked that their lawyer allowed them to do that because if anything, it made them look like they're just doing this for money. Yeah. Like it felt very much like, again, like, like I know it's crass of me to say like, oh, like this is a music industry. This is just how things are. But I mean, like we have countless episodes kind of discussing the idea of how like the music industry has no HR. Like there's nobody to deal with this. People are going to act how they're going to act because it's like such a sought after industry to be a part of. And for like something that's like, quote unquote, fun to be your job is like something that so many people are vying for that you can get away with kind of being a shitty person or like making people be in situations where like they feel uncomfortable or they feel like they're being pushed too far but there's always that feeling in any job in the music industry like oh if you don't do this there's somebody waiting outside to do it yeah and that is definitely not healthy no but unfortunately it's what it's like and some people can take that power and really run with it just to kind of see like how loyal or determined or whatever the people are that are working for them are like again i'm not saying necessarily whether or not like i believe these claims i'm sure that they're legitimate to some extent but also like in the tmz interview like two of these former dancers were saying how like oh yeah like they never explicitly said that we had to go to the strip clubs but like we knew if we didn't that wouldn't be good and like who would know if we would have a job for the next tour or like situations like that and like i've been in those situations where like i've been on tour with band like i've worked with bands or on tour or whatever and it's like oh like we're gonna go out to get drinks and it's like do i really want to be drinking with these people because like i want them to continue to hire me and i'm trying to be professional Not really, but if I continue to say no, they're going to be like, oh, Sarah's not a team player. Like, she never wants to hang out with us. She doesn't want to be part of the team. So, like, we need to have somebody who, like, wants to hang out and do whatever. And it's like, okay, that's not necessarily healthy. So even though it's like you get the invite and it feels like a yes or no question, it's always a yes and question. So it's an interesting situation for sure. But I do think... Like Jenna was starting to say, like the response from Lizzo, I don't think was good enough. So first of all, Lizzo hired Marty Singer, who's an attorney who had previously worked with Jonah Hill, Kim Kardashian, Chris Brown, and like also Bill Cosby, which a lot of people are saying like is not a good look. It's kind of not, but also like if he's like the best entertainment lawyer, then like 
I guess that's what you do. So Lizzo like posted kind of like a notes app thing and said, these past few days have been gut-wrenchingly difficult, overwhelmingly disappointing. My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. Usually I choose not to respond to false allegations, but these are as unbelievable as they sound and too outrageous to not be addressed. These sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. Lizzo's talking about how she's an artist with a lot of passion and with passion comes hard work and high standards. And she says, sometimes I have to make hard decisions, but it's never my intent to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like they aren't valued as a person. And then she goes on to say, I'm not here to be looked at as a victim, but I also know I am not the villain that people and the media have portrayed me to be these last few days. I'm very open with my sexuality and expressing myself, but cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something I am not. There's nothing I take more seriously than the respect we deserve as women in the world. I know what it feels like to be body shamed on a daily basis. I would absolutely never criticize or terminate an employee because of their weight. I'm hurt, but I will not let the good work I've done in the world be overshadowed by this. I want to thank everyone who's reached out and support to lift me up during this difficult time. So I personally feel like Lizzo's response is not the best response. When I saw it, I was kind of like, okay, so you just made yourself the victim. You didn't really acknowledge anything. You were kind of just like, yeah, I'm passionate. So what? I'm a hard worker. It's like you saying that kind of makes it sound like you maybe did this stuff. And I, I don't know. It just felt a bit like lackluster in my opinion especially because she took a couple days to respond so I feel like the response could have been more and so Brandy Victorian for the Hollywood Reporter spoke with Roxanne Gay who's a writer and who has written things multiple times like in support of Lizzo in the past just like in support of her like existence basically. And so Roxane Gay said, there was just no taking of responsibility, no direct engagement with the accusations and no apology. I think we all know how the court system works. So I doubt she could offer the statement that people would have liked to have seen from her, legally speaking, if she doesn't want to just settle which she can just honestly apologize, settle and move on, but we'll see what happens. And so again, this is also my thinking in regards to like the TMZ thing is that like the way the former dancers were talking about the situation and the lawsuit and being like, oh, like there, it just like felt like pressure and like nobody ever explicitly said we had to do like go out or whatever. It feels very much like the dancers were kind of just hoping for a settlement, not expecting this to go to court because like we've said already, like Lizzo's reputation is very important to her. And I think that everybody knows that. And so in a situation like this, when people come forward with accusations like this, usually the artist wants it to remain as quiet as possible. So they will settle out of court, meaning they'll just be like, stop fucking talking about this, take some money and go away. And I'm not just saying this like as jargon, like there have been other times, like I said at the beginning of this discussion that like there have been other situations where artists have been sued by people that they work with. Mary Whitfield Roloffs for Forbes wrote an article talking about some of these situations. Britney Spears was sued for battery and negligence in 2014 after a dancer claimed that the singer broke her nose during a rehearsal for a music video. That specific lawsuit about battery was 
settled out of court. So that means that that dancer got money and the conversation kind of just stopped happening. There was also a situation where Britney Spears was sued by a former bodyguard who claimed that Spears sexually harassed him, but that lawsuit was dismissed. So it wasn't settled or anything along those lines. We also had a situation where Cher was sued by three backup dancers and also in 2014, claiming that they were fired from her tour for being dark skinned and Cher denied the claims and the lawsuit was dismissed in 2015. So like there are multiple situations where like lawsuits like this come through. They're either settled out of court because the artist is like, this maybe happened a little bit, but like it's not worth going to court for. So I'm just going to give them some money and this will be over. Or it's a situation where it's like this lawsuit won't even make it to court because I know that there's like absolutely no water like to this like at all. And like the share situation where the case got dismissed after a year because there was just like not enough proof to those people's claims. So I think it is like an interesting situation because based off of Lizzo's response, it does feel like maybe there is some truth to it, in which case I assume she will just settle. But also, who knows like how much she is willing to put on the line for this reputation? Like if she is willing to be like, no, like let's try and get them to see if they can prove this because I want to just be able to say like they got nothing. Yeah. Like I don't know how headstrong she's going to be about it. Yeah. I mean, I I think right now we don't know how much like evidence there is to any of the claims at the current moment. So like we don't have necessarily the full information of which way this is really going to go. I feel like her statement was just kind of like, I have a strong personality and if you don't like it, that's too bad. <laughs> like, I just think it's interesting because, so there was a Oscar nominated documentary filmmaker, Sophia Nali Allison, who also came forward after this lawsuit with her own personal claims that like she was like with Lizzo for a few weeks, like shadowing her because she was potentially going to work with her to make her documentary. And she completely backed out of it. She said like it was awful experience. She said she was treated with such disrespect by Lizzo. So like there were other people who also came forward being like, yeah, Lizzo was fucking awful to work with. Weirdly, Grimes was like, Lizzo's a great person. She would never be mean to anyone. No, she didn't say she would never be mean to anyone. (laughs) Grimes was just like, Lizzo was nice to me, especially when no one was being nice to me. And like really early on in our careers, whatever, whatever. We also know that like, allegedly Harry and Lizzo are like really good friends or like quote unquote they're friends when they're at award shows like I don't know if they're actually friends but I think this is kind of one of those things where like we as humans are all different people in different scenarios and like the way the way you are in your job versus the way you are with your friends versus the way you are if you like are a boss to someone versus the way you are with your parents like those are all entirely different like versions of ourselves and I think it's I mean especially Especially in the celebrity circle, it's fully possible that people are constantly kissing each other's asses of like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm besties with Harry because like everyone loves Harry. Everyone loves me. Like we're besties. Like that's your persona. But then like Lizzo as a boss to her dancers could be an entirely different person because she's like running a full show and she has a certain criteria of like what she's expecting. And it's very possible that that version of Lizzo is a fucking menace. I think like the problem is that like the cognitive dissonance of like who Lizzo has shown us to be versus like who people say she is who have worked with her. And there was actually a quote about this in the article for The Hollywood Reporter. This writer, Brandy Victorian, talked to Eric 
Eric Schiffer, who's the chairman of Reputation Management Consultants, which like didn't even know that was a thing. He says, when you have a celebrity brand that is known for one thing, Lizzo being known for body positivity and being proud of her authentic self, and then allegations come out, which are the opposite of how your brand is positioned, it can create a level of cognitive dissonance among the audience. And he goes on to say, we saw this with Ellen DeGeneres when she was perceived to be the queen of nice, and yet stories continue to leak about how she treated people that worked for her, and that goes to credibility. What occurs in these situations is there's a credibility change and fans and audience begin to wonder and question what's real. So I feel like that's kind of like the conversation that's been happening on the internet lately. However, I feel like Lizzo is such a big star and again, like we said, this is still very early in the lawsuits. So like, we don't know what's going to happen, but I kind of feel like it's not going to hurt her that much. And I don't know, like, yeah. what exactly it is, because this is, like, a fairly big deal. Like, this is, like, against her reputation, as you said. Like, she takes her reputation very seriously. But I kind of yeah. just feel like this is going to be brushed under the rug in, like, a month or two. Well, I feel like brushed under the rugs, maybe. Like, I don't know. Because I feel like pe- there's always going to be people who are going to be like, remember when this happened? But I feel like also, it just based off of like conversations you and I have had leading up to this discussion today about all of this, it's like, like you and I and you guys listening to this, like we're part of a very specific subset of <laughs> people who care <laughs> about pop culture. About people who care <laughs> about people who care about pop culture. And like, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Like, that's why we're here, because we want you guys to be aware that there's nothing wrong with, like, our deep love of pop culture and caring about this stuff and, like, being the type of people that struggle with, oh, do I keep supporting this person after they've done something wrong and, like, have those inner battles of, like, oh, like, do I need to separate the art from the, like, can can I separate the art from the artist? Like, is this okay? Blah, blah, whatever, you know? And, like, when we talked about Doja Cat last week and, like, the situation with, like, her and her fans and the stan accounts being, like, we control your career. It's, like, yeah, you think that because you live in your bubble. And, like, it's the bubble that we talk about all the time of, like, sometimes you kind of need to, like, pop your head out for air to see how the rest of the world is talking about stuff to be the fully actualized humans that, like, we want to be. And, like, acknowledging the fact that, like okay, yeah, we are in an echo chamber of similar-minded people to us. Because there are, especially when it comes to music, like, there are so many people who are just fans, and they don't care. The GP, if you will. The general population (laughs) of music listeners. Yeah, like, they don't know, they don't know who Lizzo's boyfriend is, they don't even know Lizzo has a boyfriend, like, they don't know about, like, her TikTok videos about eating coconut water fruit, like, I don't know, like, they don't watch these things. (laughs) Like, that's not part of, like, the lexicon of their knowledge, you know, like, it's just not even in, like, their their peripheral vision, like, they have no idea what's going on. And so, similarly to like Doja Cat the careers are going to continue to flourish I mean Chris Brown is a great example of this like he literally beat Rihanna the people's princess if you will (laughs) like like he beat Rihanna and this man still tours and is still a musician full-time and other than that like he's been arrested like multiple times since then for other things like that man continues fucking up and he continues to be a rich, successful musician. And like people just either know and don't care or they literally just don't know because like they don't partake in pop culture. And so it's an interesting situation because to us and the media world, etc., this is a big deal and something we're going to like be thinking about for a while and like paying attention to like how 
Lizzo responds and like what happens if they're if this does go to court or like if she settles what does that mean you know but for so many people it doesn't affect them yeah and I think that this is like something that we unfortunately have to grapple with and admit to ourselves is like we're not the majority like we're the minority of people who like care and have these discussions and like really think about this stuff I mean, like another example of something that's like I feel like is just a hundred percent should be very online is like all time low. Like they're still touring, not even acknowledging what's going on, you know? And like that to me feels like a band that specifically exists on the internet. And if a band that like specifically exists on the internet has enough fans that just like don't fucking care about like what's going on and like what the rumors are and like what lawsuits they may or may not be part of right now. Clearly somebody like Lizzo has nothing to worry about. And so I think it's just like, it's an interesting situation because she personally probably cares deeply about, as we said, her reputation and probably cares. And like she said, she's a strong, passionate woman. Like maybe she is hard to work with, but like we probably are all friends with somebody who is somebody's shitty boss. (laughs) But like that's the thing is it's like, we're all friends with like a guy who we know we would never let our girlfriends date. Like we're all friends with somebody who's like, maybe you're the problem at your job. Like yeah, when they're telling, yeah, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we all have those friends who are like, you're a great friend, but like, I've seen you at work and you're a fucking monster or like, <laughs> oh, you're a great friend. But like, if you treat your girlfriend like that, we will have to murder you. So things like that, where it's like some people are good at some things and they're not good at other things or because of like how they were treated growing up or treated in one way or another, like they really think that they need to like, <laughs> I don't know, have like a hammer of justice, like when they're working and just be like a fucking hard ass. So like, There could be some truth to it, but I think because Lizzo is, like, so big on, like, her reputation and, like, how she's perceived by people, like, I don't really think that this is something that she's just going to be quiet about forever, if that Mm. makes sense. Yeah, this is all just assumptions and, like, from me watching that show. Okay, first of all, she's probably upset that, like, dancers had issues and, like, didn't voice them or... Maybe they were voiced and she like brushed it off. I I don't really know. But I feel like she's more upset that like people were upset at her than she is like empathetic and like, damn, I'm really sorry that like you felt that way. Like, I I don't think she's like Maybe this is like, you know, unhinged for me to say. I don't really think she's empathizing with the dancers and like kind of like based on her response too. I feel like she's more upset that people said something bad about her, which maybe goes, maybe is what you're saying of like, maybe it is a little bit true. Well, I mean, it's like, it's giving Tyra on America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just those things where it's like, I'm being hard on you because like, I need to be hard on you. And like, don't make me feel bad about the fact that I'm being hard on you. I'm supposed to be hard on you. Because like, that'll make me feel bad that like, that you told me that I made you feel bad. Like, I don't care that you felt bad. I care that you told me that. Exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. No, that's what I think it is. I think it's very much that. But I think... I mean, again, like, I think we have to see what happens with a lawsuit and, like, how many, like, more details come out surrounding it. Just because the evidence we have right now seems, like, kind of up in the air. But I do think it's that interesting thing of as far as, like, do you choose to continue to support someone? I think there's been this, like, conversation of, like, where is the line drawn? I feel like it's easier for us to, like, me and Sarah to have this conversation in relation to to Maddie Healy because, like, that's an artist that, like, we grew up with. We've been supporting for a long time and him like doing things where we're like really pissed off at him and it's like 
are we going to stop listening to their music completely? Like all, all these things. And I think for a lot of people, yeah. this is like a personal journey that you go through and figuring out where you stand on it. And I think for everyone, yeah. it's different based on how much of a relationship you have with that artist. Because yeah. again, it's like if someone mm. doesn't really care about Lizzo, but like loves to put them on when they're pre-gaming for a Friday night, like they're probably going to still keep pre-gaming with Lizzo. I mean, I think that that's a really good point. And I think it is very much like how much does it affect you personally? Because as it's been proven time and time again, like cancel culture doesn't work. Like it very rarely is successful. Like a cancellation of a person is very rarely successful. And so having the like the people who are paying attention to pop culture be like, oh, we're going to boycott Lizzo and stop paying attention. Like that's not going to affect Lizzo personally. It's just going to affect you the music listener personally because you will no longer get to enjoy Lizzo's music. Yeah. And it's like, for me with the 1975, it's like, I'm not going to go see them in October because like, I don't want to see what's going to happen when Maddie's on stage in New York. I just don't want to deal with it. Am I going to like block them on Spotify? No, because like that just feels aggressive and like, isn't going to do anything except for upset me more because I won't get to listen to like one of my favorite bands because Maddie's not going to know I'm not listening to him. He's not going to know that like this (laughs) Jewish girl who cried about him is like not <laughs> listening to no. his music like he's not gonna he's get like, the they don't exist like, oh, you don't exist sarah you don't sarah, exist sarah, like, like quite sarah literally Fagan blocked me on spotify <laughs> oh no like no that doesn't that's not happening and like i know that that's not happening so like if anything i'm shooting myself in the foot in that situation but again like that's a that's my personal preference and everybody has like their own levels at which like they can tolerate certain things you know and it's like there's nothing wrong with being like yeah i'm just gonna completely cut this out of my life because like people do that with fr- like shitty friends yeah, like true. you can do that with shitty true. musicians too you know it's like i haven't watched a johnny depp movie in like fucking 10 years because i can't look at that man's face yeah you know like everybody has their own preferences of what they're going to do and what they're comfortable with and that's okay so like don't be listening to this and being like oh i'm doing this wrong or like oh i've been like going too far because like it's not too far it's about like your personal feelings and emotions and that's up to you but i think like at the end of the day unfortunately a couple thousand people taking the stand of being like oh like i disagree with like how doja cat treated us as fans like i'm never gonna listen to her doja cat's not gonna know about this and she doesn't fucking care as she said on twitter a million times she doesn't care i think the whole like knowing artists musicians as people is like a very interesting phenomenon because if Mm. you think about actors for example when we see them doing their job it's not themselves it's someone else and so we don't really know actors we only know them when they do interviews honestly that's the only time we really know actors but like with musicians they put so much of themselves into their art but if you think about it from the perspective of this is something that we are consuming in the way that you're consuming a movie it's not meant for you to know them as a person. And the only reason that really we know artists as people is because of social media, to be honest. I mean, like, if you think about, like, rock stars back in the day, like, the only reason we would know them is because they did interviews in the same way that, like, movie stars would do interviews. But because of social media, we have so much access to seeing them as people all the time. And I think that line between, like, product and human is, like, super blurred to the point where we want the people that we see 
support to like in turn be good people. But I think that also comes back to the thing of like, I don't even want to be like, we're all human. We all have faults. I think it's, we're all different people in different scenarios of like Lizzo showing face to fans one way. And then like being a boss in a different way. And like, yes, in an ideal world, like we're all working on ourselves and working to be better people. But like, I just think it's interesting that it's like, we're consuming a product and yet we expect the creator of that product to then perfectly align with our values always and forever. And that's impossible. Like even as humans, we know that's impossible. Like we're all shitty sometimes. Like none of us are perfect, you know? And I think also if you put it into perspective of like, how women in charge are usually treated and then add on top of that being a black woman in charge and then add on top of that being a plus size black woman in charge and like a dark skin plus size black woman in charge all of these things are negatives against her in regards to like people respecting her in her role because of like the patriarchy and like white supremacy and like all of that shit. The cards are stacked against her in regards to like being taken seriously as the boss, even though it literally is the Lizzo world tour that these people are on, you know what I mean? And so I think being brought up of being told like, because of who you are and what you look like, it's gonna be really hard for people to take you seriously. And so I think in that mindset, I just know personally like how much of like, I have to put my foot down to get people to fucking listen to me. And then even then they're just like pretending to listen to me. And I'm being like a bitch to people sometimes because I'm like, you're not fucking listening to me and I'm in charge here. And like, I can only imagine like, again, in a situation where it's Lizzo, where she's like, this is literally my tour. Like, why are these dancers like not respecting me or whatever the case is? Like her feeling like she needs to like be above and beyond a hard ass to like gain the respect that she deserves as people's boss. So like, I can kind of see the mindset of like why she might not be the person we know her as on social media as people's boss on tour. Like I can kind of understand her mindset of like why she might act so like removed from like the person that we know and love her. Right. right. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. In order to like really weigh in on like, again, I don't think we're trying to take anyone's side here because I feel like we just don't have enough information, but from the information we do have, like the allegations feel like a lot of things that a lot of people have experienced and I'm not an employment lawyer. So like, I don't know. I'm like, damn, maybe we all should be suing our employers for like (laughs) harassment. Um, But I think it is one of those things where like the music industry generally is a toxic environment and like people generally don't have like HR training and people generally just do what they want. But I think in that regard, it will be interesting to see if the case does go in favor of the dancers because that could set some rules for these things going forward. And like, I'm not making these like statements of like, oh, like Lizzo's gonna act like this because of like all of these prerequisites to being in charge or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that like it makes it okay, but I can understand where she could be coming from in the way in which she might possibly have acted. But again, like Jenna said, it's like, we don't have all of the information. Who knows if we will? We don't know if this is gonna go to trial or if it's not. But the music industry in and of itself is just a toxic place and that again is not like being like oh like you just have to be used to it because that's what the music industry is it's like we're hoping the music industry changes like that's like why we talk about this stuff the way we talk about it in hopes that people will listen and things might change going forward because we're going to be like 
having younger people going into these roles and positions and being able to change things going forward, you know? In that regard, the dancers speaking up is part of that. Like, yeah, is part exactly. of, at least, even if it doesn't go in their favor, at least it's opening the conversation. Yeah. And maybe more exactly. people will come forward with other, like, similar allegations of workplace harassment. And so in the grand scheme of things, it's like, wow it might not be as bad as they say it was, or it could have been worse than they said it was, or this case might settle out of court, or it could be dismissed in full, like, who knows? But just the fact that, like, the conversations are being had, it's leading to discussions of, like, is the music industry fucked? Like, like, is this toxic workplace environment happening because, like, people are so afraid of somebody else just coming and taking their jobs because of how cutthroat the music industry is? It's, like conversations are being had on like a wider scale because these allegations have come out because they're trying to have this lawsuit happen and so in the grand scheme of things this might help more people than it's hurting people so there is kind of like a silver lining potential to this whole thing really at the end of the day yeah, I can see a way where it plays out where Lizzo's career is pretty damaged, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Like, if there's, like, video proof of something, like, really heinous happening, then I think it would damage her career. Well, but- yeah, but if there's video proof of something really heinous happening, then Lizzo did something really heinous and yes, her career yeah. deserves to be hurt from it, <laughs> Exactly, <you know? laughs> exactly. It is interesting in this regard because you and I are sitting here like, well, it's just the music industry, but what we just said is that these dancers coming forward maybe will help change some of that. So all in all, I think we're waiting by to see what happens next. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of layers to this discussion today. It's a lot deeper than just like, oh, is Lizzo bad? Because like, that, that <laughs> that's such a layered question. So I mean, if you guys have any thoughts or feelings about new jeans and K-pop girl groups <laughs> possibly taking over pop culture music. If you have thoughts about have staying <laughs> at Gwyneth Paltrow's house and you're gonna go bid on Airbnb. But also if you have thoughts about what's going on with Lizzo and your thoughts and feelings on like separating the art from the artist and like if we're being too deep about everything when we care this deeply about music, we would love to hear from you so you can come and chat with us about all of this over on social media. We're at name three songs on all platforms. If you have any grievances, bullshit, hate you want to throw our way or love, we would really accept all of them. Honestly, you can come chat with us personally. I'm at Sarah underscore Fagan and Jenna is at Jenna underscore million. So thanks for joining us this week on Name Three Songs. And until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to New Jeans. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com.